Spiritual Sword Media presents The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Fasten to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. Do you ever have problems in life? Do you ever feel as if the burdens of life literally overwhelm you? Well, if your answer is yes, take heart, because I suspect that for the most part, all of us from time to time in this life, we experience any number of problems, trials, tribulations, and even temptations. In James chapter 1 at verse 2, James makes reference to the manifold or various trials that we suffer or face in this life. And so trials are a natural part of human existence. If you live in this world and if you live long enough, you're going to face some problems, some heartaches, some difficulties in this life. And so what I want to do is to encourage us to look to Almighty God as a source for helping us handle the burdens of life. And really, we might ask the question, how do we handle the burdens of life? In Psalm 55, we have a case study of David. And I really believe that David provides us with an answer to handling the burdens of life. If you look at the life of David, you'll see that even though he was a man after God's own heart, a great king, had many, many talents and abilities, David had his share of adversities. Not only did David face trials and tribulations from those without, but he faced problems from within. His own son, Absalom, turned against him. And so David understood, he understood the burdens and the heartaches of life. And I think that if David were alive today, he could empathize with us. He could feel with us the difficulties and the anxieties that we experience in this life. And so with that in mind, I want you to look with me tonight at Psalm 55. The first thing that we want to do is note the desire of David. When we talk about the desire of David, we're really accentuating his prayer to Jehovah God. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 1. When we talk about his prayer, I guess we might go on to add this. His earnest supplication. David earnestly prayed to Jehovah God. So look, if you would, at verse 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. Have you ever faced situations in life when you were literally driven to your knees. I would imagine that all of us have faced some complex situations from time to time. And maybe there are those, there are those days, those times in life when we are driven to our knees in prayer to Almighty God. In Luke 22 verse 44, in the shadow of the cross, we read of Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible tells us in verse 44, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Sometimes when life is overwhelming, 
In other words, when we're facing those difficult times, when the clouds of life are looming at their greatest, that's when we need to be praying on a regular basis. In other words, we need to, as Paul said, pray without ceasing. We need to be driven to our knees and pray to Jehovah God. I like what Paul said in Colossians 4 at verse 2. When he said, continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein with thanksgiving. Here's what Jesus said in Luke 18.1, and Jesus demonstrated this throughout his life, certainly in the Garden of Gethsemane, but also at other junctures in his life. In Luke 18.1, the Bible says that the Lord taught that men ought to always pray and not faint. You see, the Lord understood that there are times in life when the burdens are so great and we become so overwhelmed by the complexities and and the, the heartaches of life that we're prone to give up, to throw in the towel, to give way to despair, to discouragement. Well, David turned to Almighty God. And so, first of all, we note his earnest supplication. But then note, if you would, his emotional situation. There was a reason why David was forced to his knees. Note, if you would, what he said. Well, back up and look at verse 2. David said, attend to me and hear me. Why do you think David was praying so earnestly to God? Well, he tells us, I am restless in my complaint. I wander in my complaint and moan noisily. Now listen to him in verse 3. Because of the voice of the enemy... Because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. So David here tells us why he is earnestly praying to Jehovah God. It's because his situation in life is not pleasant. He's got got some adversaries. He's got somebody that has turned against him. He's got some problems, some foes. And so he has been driven to his knees. And again, we talk about the various situations that we face in life. There are times in life when we may have, we may not have the right answer. We may not know how to deal with a certain problem that we're facing. And so the best thing to do is to do as David did. Get down on our hands and knees and pray to Jehovah God. Now I want you to think with me in the second place, not just of the desire of David, but note if you would the distress of David. What David's going to do is is catalog or chronicle the, the complexities that he's facing, that is his problems. And so with that in mind, the first thing I would call your attention to has to do with his pain. Look if you would be picking up, well go back and look at verse 2 again. Attend to me and hear me, I am restless in my complaint. And moan noisily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. Now look at verse 4. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. The picture you get is is not a bright one, but rather it's a very bleak, dark, picture painted by the psalmist, that is, by David. And sometimes we refer to David as the sweet singer of Israel. David, as I said a moment ago, was a man after God's own heart, and just because he was a man after God's own heart did not exempt him from the trials and the tribulations and the foes of life. 
David was just like us in the sense he was made up of flesh and bone. He was a human being. And because of that, because he lived in this world, he was, he was thrust into an arena where problems arise. And so David speaks in a very candid way of his pain. But then note, if you would, his preference. Look at verse 6. In verse 6, David said, In light of, of the painful situation that he is experiencing, here's what he said. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Let me ask this question. Have you ever faced certain situations in life and because of the magnitude of what you're facing, you've, you've had thoughts of just trying to escape, to run, to flee, to just get away for a little bit? There are times in life when, when the clouds are so dark that what we would like to do would just be to pull back and, and to just be alone, to get away from everything. That's what, David, that's what David is saying here. David is saying, if I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. In other words, I would get away from the problems, the circumstances that I'm facing right now in this life. That's not uncommon. There are times in life when what we would like to do would just be to get away from everything. And note also what he says. Look again at verse 8. He said, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. You get the picture here. It's almost as if life is swirling around him. He's got these problems or, or these adversaries or an adversary. And because of all of the things that he's facing in life, it's this windy tempest that's, that's kicked up. What he's looking for is a place of serenity, a place of calm, quietness, far from the situation that he's in. So if you ever get to a point in life when you're down and you're discouraged and you think, I'd just like to get away from everything, well, take heart. David was like that in the long ago. But then note, if you would, his plea. In verse 9, we have David basically summing up his, his desire for God to take care of his enemy. We make reference to the imprecatory psalms and really what, what, that, what that phrase means or what that word imprecatory means is that the psalmist is asking for God to execute judgment on his enemies. And that's what David is doing here. So look if you would at verse 9. He said, destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have, I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. And so, David here speaks of his desire for God to, to take care of his enemies in light of what he's facing. And then drop down, if you would, and note verse 19. He said, God will hear and afflict them. And then in verse 20, he says, He has put forth his hands against me, those who were at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. Well, I, th I think about the one who was persecuting David. That is his antagonist. And so I want you to think with me for just a moment about his persecutor. 
Now, what you need to understand is in looking at Psalm 55, sometimes we think about those, those problems that come from without. And many of us, we expect to face adversaries in life, but typically when we think about friends or comrades, the word ally comes to mind. It's not unusual to see somebody who would be classified as an enemy or somebody who is unknown to us to pick up the sword against us or to, to become an enemy or an adversary against us. But it's something far different when it's somebody that's close to you. And David here is, is going to talk about the one who has turned against him. And so with that in mind, look at verse 12. He said, For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates, who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal my companion and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. And David here is talking about the close-knit relationship that he had with this person that is now turned against him. We talk about somebody literally driving a stake through us or gutting us. Well, apparently that's what that's what happened in the life of David. Look also, as we think about the one that turned against David, note, if you would, in verse 20, he said, He has put forth his hands against me, those who were at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter. Now listen, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn sore. I think about somebody that, for whatever reason, here is a situation where you have two individuals, they're very close, there's this, there's this bond or this kinship that exists, and then for, for some unknown reason, this guy decides that he's going he's gonna to bring you down. Now, if you, look at, if you look at the life of David, there was a person that did this, it was his own son, Absalom. Absalom tried to steal the kingdom from David. His own flesh and blood. Now, I don't know if, I don't know if Absalom is, is the one that David has under consideration here. But I know one thing. This guy was willing to do whatever, whatever to bring David down. Listen again to what he said. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. You ever talk to somebody and they, they act like they're your best friend, your long lost friend, that they'd do anything for you. And then as soon as they leave your presence, what are they doing? They're they're doing everything within their power to destroy you, to gut you, to bring you down. They're talking one way, but internally their mind is at work, and they're thinking about what can I do to tear him or her up, to bring them down. War was in his heart, he said. His words were softer than oil, but they were drawn swords. Whoever this was, he was truly an adversary of King David. 
But now I want you to think with me in the third place of the dependence of David. And really this is, to me, the most encouraging part of the psalm. Because David is going to make a profession. And that profession is, he's, he's basically going to, going to sum up his trust in Almighty God. And David was a, a man of great faith, great trust. Did David make mistakes in his life? Absolutely. Did David do some things that probably he regretted later in life? You know that he did. Well, most of us are like that, aren't we? All of us are human beings. David is a tremendous example of a human being made in the image and the likeness of God who was not perfect. And the beauty of Scripture is it, it literally lays bare the good things that people do in life as well as the problems, the mistakes that people make in life. And David was no exception. So what about his profession? Well, first of all, let me suggest unto you that when you look at the life of David, David had the presence of God in his life. If you want to handle the burdens of life, and I mean you want to come through the burdens of life, first and foremost, you're going to have to have God present in your life. You can't do it alone. You can't make it alone. There are a lot of people today they're trying to medicate their problems. They're trying to drink away their problems. They're trying to use other kinds of drugs to somehow intoxicate them so that they don't have to think about the problems that they face. Well, you and I, we need the presence of God in our life. And David had that. So, how do I know that? Well... Look at verse 16. Here's what David said amidst all of this trouble that he's facing. Here's what David in the long ago says. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Look at verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. What did David do? In times of distress, in times of trouble, David turned to Jehovah God. Why? Because God was present in his life. Now here's a question we might ask. Is, do, is God, do, do we look at God as someone who is piloting our life? In, in other words, God is with us day in and day out. That God is an ever-present reality in life, come what may. That's the kind of God we ought to be serving. The Bible assures us that God will never leave us nor forsake us. If anyone leaves, it'll be us. God will not leave us. David said in Psalm 23, Even though he said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. What is the worst possible thing that could happen in life? Well, somebody says death. Well, even in death, the assurance is God will be with us. Well, David had God as a part of his life. And so David would say, as for me, I will call upon God. Our first response to problems, to heartaches, to trials, to tribulations, to temptations ought to be God. 
That's why the Hebrew writer said, Let us therefore draw boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Are we ever going to face situations in life when we are in need? You better believe it. If you live long enough on this earth, there are going to be times in life when you are quote unquote in need. You're going to be knee deep in trouble, knee deep in problems, knee deep in tribulations. And you're going to need somebody to bail you out. And that somebody should be God and can be God. God will, as we sang a moment ago, take care of you. But he has to be an ever-present part of your life. And so, number one, he had the presence of God in his life. But then also, he had the peace of God in his life. And these two go hand in hand. You can't have peace in your life without having the presence of God in your life. If you've got the presence of God in your life, you'll have the peace of God reigning in your life. I can promise you that. So with that in mind, listen to what David said in verse 18. David said, He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. David here acknowledges the fact that God is the one who redeemed him, that helped him, that came to his aid. What about us? When we face those situations in life that are, are topsy-turvy, when life is not what it ought to be from our vantage point, what do we do? To whom do we turn? Now we talk about wanting to have peace Peace of heart, peace of mind. How do we have peace of heart, peace of mind? Well, again, we've got to have the presence of God in our life. God has got to be central to our life. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. The reason we are instructed to cast our cares upon God is because He cares for us. Do you think God wants you? Do you think God wants you to live in a state of distress and disarray? Do you think God wants you to, to live amidst those, wind, those windy storms and tempests of life? Are there not byproducts to these things? Yes, there are. Can we learn from them? Yes. One of the byproducts to trials and tribulations is patience, according to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. But God is the one who can come to our aid and help us, see us through it, so to speak. And so with that in mind, I, I want to call your attention to a passage of Scripture found in the book of Philippians in chapter 4, verse 6. In verse 6, Paul said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Paul said, do not worry. Do not worry about anything. In nothing be anxious. That, that's what he's saying. Do not worry. So we're facing tough times. We're facing difficulties in life like the psalmist. What do we do? We turn to God. Paul said, in nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Listen to him. And the peace of God shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace 
of God. The peace that passes all understanding is what Paul says. Shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God and God alone can bring peace to a weary heart, to a troubled life. And so listen to what David says in verse 22. In light of all of these things, here's what David says. We talk about the presence of God in his life and the peace of God in his life. Why did David have peace in his life? Here it is, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved or to be shaken. The winds may blow. As a matter of fact, they may howl. The storms may come, but God will help us to stand through it all. And so David, in light of this difficult situation that he's facing in life, David said, look, you want to get through it, you want to handle the burdens of life, here's how to do it. Cast your burden on the Lord. Whatever burdens you have, he said, cast it on the Lord. That's why Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all, A-L-L, casting all your care upon him. Why? For he cares for you. We sing the song sometimes and we ask the question in this hymn, Does Jesus care? Oh yes, he cares. You see, Jesus truly cares. The Lord cares. Go back and read sometime in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount. If you'll read Matthew chapter 6, beginning in about verse 25, down through the end of the chapter, you'll find that Jesus three times says, do not worry. Why do you think Jesus said that? The reason he could say that is because we are instructed to cast our burden on the Lord and he will sustain us. That is the remedy. So, how do you handle the burdens of life? Let me tell you how, how to handle the burdens of life. Turn to God. Look to God. He is our strength. He is the one in whom we should trust. He is the one in whom we should confide. We ought to turn to Him whatever, whatever we face in this life. Let me tell you what. There are a lot of people in our world. There are people in this congregation. There are people in this community. They're hurting. Some people are facing sickness, illness, disease. Some people have terminal diseases. There are individuals in our world today who have lost, they've, they've lost, they've lost their financial base because of the, the downturn in our economy. There are people that no longer have a job. There are people that, that have lost their families. There are people that are, in short, they are hurting because they're human beings. And what, what we need to do is encourage them to turn to God, to look to God. You know, it's one thing to face the trials of life. It's one thing to, to face them with God. But I can't imagine facing them alone. The beauty of Christianity is that, that God will see us through whatever we face in this life. We can rest assured of that. And so, tonight I want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of us. The best way to handle your burdens, turn them over to God. Give it to the Lord. He can handle it. You know, there are times in life when our burdens are literally overwhelming. And, and there are occasions when, when we become weary. 
And it may be that we're trying to help shoulder a problem that a friend has. And the problems that the friend is experiencing become our problems. And we become bogged down and weighed down. And sometimes we wonder if we can make it. Well, God is the one who can shoulder the problems. He has broad enough shoulders to handle whatever problems we have. And so, our encouragement, look to the Lord. Maybe you're here tonight, you're not a New Testament Christian. Let me tell you, life is tough at best. It's not an easy way to go. And that's why you need the Lord in your life. What would you need to do to become a New Testament Christian? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. We know that without faith it's impossible to be well-pleasing to Him, Hebrews 11. We are instructed to repent of every sin, Acts 2, verse 38. We are instructed to confess the name of Christ before others, Matthew 10, 32. To be immersed in water for the forgiveness of our sins, Acts 22, 16. God then adds us to the church, Acts 2, verse 47. Once we do that, every spiritual blessing that resides in Christ, it's ours to enjoy. And then the exhortation is to be faithful until death, the promise being the crown of life, James 1, verse 12. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again and to see video archives, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Fastened to the rock which cannot move. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love.